the volume. Welcome into another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. Alex Monaco chilling with you live on Amp Volume Sports YouTube channel. Wherever you get your podcast, we are breaking down a riveting division, if I don't say so myself today. NFC North. Got to give a tip of the fro to my producer, Paul here. Triple P, I call him. He is a diehard Vikings fan, so I'm going to lay out the land, talk out this division. Team total wins over or scuba Steve under. Got my value pick for the division. Have some fun props for you later in this episode. I got one pick per team in the division, and then we're going to round out a fun segment at the end. I'm going to try to educated guess and hand to whomever I did not look. Figure out who the top 10 most difficult sports are in the history of all sports. But we dive in here to the NFC North. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, Moneyline Monaco, all things social, Moneyline Monaco, and of course, the unbelievable volume sports network. Let's get into it here. I want to start out based off of now FanDuel, DraftKings, Caesars, MGM. They are all pretty much in lockstep here of who the chalk is in the division And I often say this. I got to triple check my stigmatism here. The Detroit Lions are the favorite to win the division at plus 145. If you're a Seinfeld fan, just call it Bizarro Jerry World. We're having coffee at Reggie's down the street. It is upside down backwards Friday. The Detroit Lions are the chalk at plus 145, pending where you shop to win the division. At a team total of over or under nine and a half wins as we dive in. And I got to be honest, this is a team that has not won 10 games since 2014, back when you, me, and your parents were still on Facebook. That has been a long feat in coming, not to mention only two seasons with 10 plus wins in the 21st century, ladies and gentlemen. But last year, was the fourth time they got nine, only 10 seasons in franchise history over that marker. That is our over-under for today and this season ahead. And I take out the gavel and I say to you, to myself, to every better out there, I'm going scuba Steve under, baby. I am not convinced that this Detroit Lions team is the cream of the crop of this division. I think they fall back down the Dan Campbell two coffee, a caffeine buzz hierarchy and really probably settle at around nine and eight. But however you mix that up, eight and nine, seven and 10, nine and eight, I'm going under nine and a half wins. This is a division by the way, that plays the AFC West and the NFC South. That does factor a ton into the over-under here. AFC West, prolific two teams in the Chiefs and the Chargers. NFC South, I mean, flip a coin for who's even going to get to double-digit wins in the division. Baby, you can drive my C-A-double-R's the best quarterback in the division. He's never even played a snap in the regular season yet in the South. It's going to be fascinating what those four teams do down there, but I bring it back to the Lions. And I mentioned to you, of course, the history of this team. Now, 
we seem to be drinking a little bit of whatever they're, they're putting down out there in Detroit land. Let's not forget, although they did go 8-2 down the stretch in their last 10, this is one of the worst defenses in the entire National Football League. I mean, opponents' points per game, bottom five. Opponents' yards per game, damn near 400 yards of offense. They're giving up defensively. How about these, these apples? Four straight seasons, four of being a bottom five defense in yards. So as much as we want to give credence to the offense, to Jared Goff, to, oh, by the way, and an unbelievable one-two running back punch in Swift and Jamal Williams, who led the league in touchdowns, by the way, both gone, you have to look at the painting a little differently in Detroit. Because to me, Jared Goff off a... Best season of his career, you can make a case, really is, statistically speaking, is going to have a little bit of a different offense. Now, I look at Jared Goff more as a game manager and more of the middle of the pack as far as quarterback talent than I do in that top 15 sort of this guy can go out and win you games on his back period. I don't put him in that category from a tier standpoint, very much a tier three quarterback. And I have to look at a different backfield. Now you bring in Gibbs, who again, Alabama running backs, typically sometimes they pay off. Sometimes they don't. As of late, they have historically kind of boomer bust. You start to Trent Richardson, Eddie Lacy go down the line here and David Montgomery. There's a reason why the Bears allow David Montgomery to leave, stay in the division and not lose any hibernation sleep. Led Jamal Williams the league in touchdowns last year. DeAndre Swift was the second running back taken in the 2020 draft. You now put the onus, no ifs, ands, or buts around it, on Jared Goff. Can Jared Goff go out and win you games in a way that most of these top seven quarterbacks are having to do every other Pacino given Sunday? I do like a couple of the defensive pieces. Second in defensive player of the year voting last year for Hutchinson. Incredible. And a couple of key pieces there. But this Detroit Lions D is terrible. And I didn't see anything in the offseason that tells me otherwise. You really are going to sit here and tell me that the Detroit Lions are winning 10 games? I can't do it. Historically, they are the bad news bears. But you can't quote that in the NFC North. you got to come up with a different one. I'm off. I am off the Detroit Lions. I do not like them to win the division. Nine and eight club. Give me the under. Next up. And I think it's actually excellent value, though I'm not going with them. The Minnesota Vikings. My guy, Paul's Minnesota Vikings are sitting at plus 260 on FanDuel, pending where you shop almost three to one to win the division. And I think that's tasty. Now, similarly to the Detroit Lions, this team has unbelievable offense, lackluster defense. I'm looking at the offseason here in Minnesota land, and the best thing about their offseason was quarterback on Netflix because Kirk Nunn primetime all of a sudden became an incredibly likable dad, person, human being, however you want to chalk it up. I went from being hard on Kirk Cousins to being like, I'm taking notes uh, once I get into a domesticated lifestyle here later in my George Clooney life, minus the George Clooney success. I would like a Kirk Cousins 
suburban household. My wife's helping helping me with my Larry David style with my clothes. I'm hanging with my kids playing lazy man living room football. There's a lot of likability here. It's not easy for me to sit here and bash this man. But the reality is this Vikings team was 13 and four, ladies and gentlemen, with a negative point differential. 13 wins in the National Football League. And you go points for, points against, and you're in the negative Negative three to be exact, but that just goes without saying a spitzfest, as half of my relatives like to call it, all season. I mean, this team won two games in double digits. Think about that. 13 wins, two games in double digits. And oddly enough, week one and week 18 with the Packers and the Bears. We all know Aaron Rodgers takes a week off week one before he starts his season. Go back to that Saints game two years ago. I still lost money on that. And remember it, eight wins or fewer in three of the last five seasons with Kirk Cousins. So I mentioned this negative point differential, 11 one-score games, and you go undefeated in that category. The pendulum is inevitably swinging back the other way. I'm looking at the defense here. I come down on Kirk Cousins on this little mini monologue here. The reality is this defense isn't anything to be impressed about. And you let Sidarius Smith go. Adam Thielen's gone. Dalvin Cook, don't get me started. But I don't love the turnover here. You don't make the necessary moves on defense that you needed to do. You're just going to get in Texas old shootouts here, scoring more than your opponent. It's not conducive to longevity in the National Football League. You're 30th in an opponent's points per game, and only the Detroit Lions gave up more yards on defense than this club. I'm, I'm looking at Dalvin Cook here. And yes, Alexander Madison's a good serviceable backup. Dalvin Cook's the team's third-time all-leading rusher. Third all-time, fourth in team history in rushing touchdowns, four straight seasons over 1,100 yards, four straight Pro Bowls, and you're moving off of them like it's Madden and you could just plug and play another lap. No, Dalvin Cook, unfortunately, and Adam Thielen not being on this team has me looking at him a little bit differently on offense. I do like... Of course, Jordan Addison, this team's unbelievable at picking, just like the Steelers, wide receivers. They've proven it enough over the longevity of the Minnesota Vikings franchise for me to feel good about that. I'm looking at strength of schedule, and I'm looking at last year. Now, most people don't know this because everyone's talking about Dak interceptions. Kirk Cousins is coming off the most interceptions of his career. Guy 14 interceptions last year. That is a little bit of a cause for concern. Not to mention, this team in this division is going to be going against a more competitive Detroit team, a certainly more competitive Chicago Bears team, and a Snickers hangry everything they have to prove this year on the line Packers club. I think this division beats up on each other. I don't see anyone going more than four and two. That includes this Vikings team. And I just can't get over those two elements. Winning close games, you can make a case is a Connolly good coach club, or you could call it dumb luck. The Vikings, I was talking this out with Paul before, they're a little bit like my Chargers, where they they have dumb luck, they have strange luck, they have bad luck, they have all the different kinds of luck. It's a potluck in Minnesota. I love the franchise. I love the fan base. I think this is a club that could sneak into the wild card, maybe at nine and eight, because the NFC is not an impressive conference. 
I don't love this team to win the division. I think this team probably evens out a little bit, and then it's time for them to look at themselves in the mirror. I think because they were in the playoffs, because they did get a, a really – excellent season when it's all said and done. You go back and look at it from the quarterback season one. It's like, this is a pretty exciting Minnesota team. That's the problem is that they had enough success to where they think they can just carry over next year and not do the little things. I don't love it. I'm on them over eight and a half wins, but by a baby, baby amount, I think nine wins at the absolute most. It's juiced on the other under for a reason. I do think if you don't want to go chalk and you don't want to take a flyer, as I'll sell you on in a bit, take the Minnesota Vikings to win the division because this is a division that is all experiencing adolescent growing pains, if you will. This division's going through puberty is what I'm saying. All right. Two of these teams are going through changes and I don't know if they can handle the facial hair out the gate. The Vikings have been there the longest with the least moving parts i would say this offseason that could affect them I, I just don't love the d and you have to play d and we know kirk is not a top 10 quarterback yeah i said it so i'm on him over but i don't have him to win the division looking at the next club i gotta be honest here this green bay packers team is third in the division to win the north at plus 350 i'm scratching my head i can't believe they're third to the bears now I'm looking at their numbers from last year. Unlike the manic mood swinging bear, excuse me, Vikings and Lions, this was a little bit more of a, a middle of the pack team. They're 14th in points, four, 16th in points against. You look at uh, a yards, four yards against, middle of the pack there, 17th and 16th respectively. Defense wasn't too bad by a metric standpoint, but they were 28th in the NFL in yards per rush and yards per pass. That's not ideal once you take Aaron Rodgers out of the equation here. And Jair Alexander, obviously, there's a couple of studs. I like. I do like the Lucas Van Ness first-round draft pick. I think this team is going to not fall off a cliff, but they're off their worst home record in their last five years in Green Bay at 5-3. and three. This is a lot on Jordan Love. It, yes, he does have a ton of running back support. Aaron Judge, Pro Bowler, A.J. Dillon. That is enormous when you're talking about a guy coming in and probably asked to game manage more than otherwise take over. But you also have a second-year wide receiver core in Dobbs and Christian Watson. And how's that going to factor? Because Aaron Rodgers, yes, he clicked with Watson, but it was a little more lightning in a bottle where he would get a few tugs, a few big plays. You know, Dobbs had 42 receptions last year, three touchdowns under 500 yards. It's not like he's coming into a Minnesota Vikings wide receiver core. So I'm looking at their strength of schedule. I'm factoring all these things in. Uh, their team total wins is properly priced, I would say. But I don't necessarily think this team gets it done in any special sense of the word. This is finally in the north. Uh, uh, everyone at sort of NFC North therapy getting to finally speak their mind freely about the Green Bay Packers. The Cheeseheads have been dominating this division my entire life, and it is finally time for them to take a step back. I don't even remember the last time you're getting three and a half to one in the betting world on the Green Bay Packers. If they win games, they're going to have to win games in how most teams in this league are not winning games. Running the ball to a 
full Dak rookie season, if you will, two quarter, two running back situation, winning time of possession, winning turnover battle, and letting teams beat themselves. They're going to have to have top shelf situational awareness unbelievable at the little things. I think that's a little trial and trips this season. I mean, it's a seven and a half over under win total. I got them under. I think this is a seven and 10 ceiling for this Packers club. I like them probably, believe it or not, at the bottom of the division here in an almost, again, topsy-turvy world of the NFC North. I just cannot convince myself that Jordan Love is that guy. If he was that guy, they would have done with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, what they had in the past. They didn't. They tried to keep A-Raj there. Don't go to Del Boca Vista. Don't retire, please. And here we are. And we know, last thing I'll say about this Packers team, they ain't getting free agents. They're not bringing in anybody. There are no household names to come in. I mean, the fact that DeAndre Hopkins, all these players that you could have brought in to help at skill positions, they didn't. They're just continuing to be who they've always been. And they're going to have to build with from within. And that's a step back to take two steps forward. I'm off the Green Bay Packers, baby. Under. All right. Taking a beat here for the grand finale of the division. The Chicago Bears. Same team total, except you're getting plus money over eight. I think there's a world where nine and eight, an in-division record wins the North, and at plus 430, I'm doing a Jacksonville Jaguar from last year leap. I'm taking a worst-to-first sitch. Give me the Chicago Bears at plus 430 to win the NFC North. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Couple of couple of elements that will certainly not happen last year. I'm gonna I'm gonna get out the negative so we can turn the men in black page and look at it in a new fresh slate because it's gonna take a second here. All right, this team was the exact stanza opposite of the Minnesota Vikings. This team lost eight games, eight games by one score. Think about this: eight games by one score. And how about this? Ofer in the division didn't beat an NFC North opponent all season. Gotta be honest, these two elements ain't happening again. Furthermore, worst home record at two and seven since 2015. I'm not a huge science guy, but I'm not not a science guy. 20th year Annie of a Soldier Field renovation stadium, 99th year of the Bears being in it. One season leading up to the triple one hundy honor, honorary celebratory moment there. But I'm looking at this club, now we go to the positive. Number one rushing team in the league last year was the Chicago Bears. You'd be sorely mistaken if you thought that this team isn't being slept on at the books. They haven't had weapons for Justin Fields his entire tenure there. They go out and they get Claypool midseason last year. I love. Then they go out and thank you to the Texans, get everything falling in their lap as advertised. You go out, you get the DJ Moore. You go out, you get the big tackle. You need to fix that clearly lackluster offensive line. But on top of all of that, Justin Fields being sacked the most in the league next to Russell Wilson at 55 times on the season ain't happening again either. So to me, new pieces, 
but you go out and you get huge defense of names. Uh, Edmonds being a huge one. I love the Marcus Walker coming in as well. You start looking on down the list, all three faces, they improve. Ngakwe worth a look. Justin Jones, Andrew Billings, all these guys who were not there coming in to help a Brisker and Eddie and an Eddie Jackson being the anchors are going to be just like a great team. Defense helping the offense, offense helping the defense. Now, when you run the ball well and you have a Justin Fields playmaker, you can get a little more creative than these, uh, these other teams in the division. I think from a playmaking standpoint, Fields is the best quarterback in the division. Bar none. Here's the other element. We're going to know who this Bears team is very quickly. Why? Because four of their first games are against the Bucks, the Broncos, the Commanders, and the Packers. That means we're looking at Sam Howell, Russell, maybe 2.0, crazy, stupid, love Wilson. You got Baker, progressive Mayfield in Green Bay, and you got Jordan. I don't think anyone loves love. I mean, we're talking about all new quarterbacks. They have five new quarterbacks. They get to play new look quarterbacks that weren't under center for their teams last year. That is conducive to winning games you otherwise couldn't. And remind ourselves, Justin Fields, as much as we think could be a turnover machine, had less interceptions than Kirk Cousins. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, less interceptions than Kirk Cousins. Also, only had two games with multiple interceptions, six games with no interceptions. So this kind of narrative that Fields doesn't take care of the ball, he's playing from behind, let's remind ourselves this defense was unwatchable last year. And what is this team known for? Fundamental defense, running the ball, and doing the little things because they've never had a quarterback. This is, you could make a case, the best quarterback they've had since Jay Cutler. So I'm high on the Chicago Bears team. I like them. I think if anyone out of nowhere in this division shocks and impresses, it is the Chicago Bears. At the sportsbook, betting, last thing I'll say here, on teams, on futures props to win the division, you have to take chances and you have to try to get ahead of the market. I'm looking at these other teams. You have a refurbished year in Green Bay, a trials and trips year, if I don't say so myself. You have now pressure on the Lions. They haven't had pressure since Literally, Calvin Johnson was in the league. And you have a Vikings team that had stupid, dumb luck last year. All of those are, for me, enough of a reason to take a team on an over four to one flyer here and back the Chicago Bears. I am loving an over four to one payout and a Bears team to win the North. And if they start out one and four, we're cooked. We are absolutely cooked. They have to get off to a great start, but I'm looking at the schedule and they have the ability to, I'm over, I'm on them and I'm taking them to win the division. If you don't want to do a flyer though, I will remind you the Minnesota Vikings are the best bet. Absolutely bar none. If you want to play it safe, don't trust the Lions for a second. I can't do it. I just can't do it. On to some props here in the division. I love all four of these. I think they're absolutely Slam dunks. Justin Jefferson, 1,350 and a half receiving yards. Are you kidding me? 1,400 
to lead all rookies when he comes in the LSU league. 1,600-plus receiving yards here, too. 1,800-plus receiving yards last year to lead the entire NFL. You think without Thielen, he's not getting this again? You're out of your Tinseltown mind. Take it out. Double down on it. Money under the mattress type hammer. He's getting 1,400 yards. It is an easy peasy bet. I will say, as much as he's going number one in your fantasy leagues, that's because he doesn't get in the end zone as much as you would think. His over-under is eight and a half touchdowns. I was talking that out with Paul. Kind of head scratching there that he's that prolific on the receiving yards, yak and reception side of things, and that mediocre as far as getting in the end zone. I like them both. I love the over 13, 50 and a half. Bar none, without question, double down on it. Two units is how much I like it. Next up, I like this a lot. Again, I kind of talked out what the style of the Packers are going to have to be here. They're going to have to be run the pass, run the play action, and slow, methodically move the ball down the field, i.e. more onus on their running backs. Aaron Judge, this man's gone over this number here. They're hanging on the books at 800 and a hook rush yards. Guys, a decorated pro bowler has gone over this number three of the last four. Now, maybe there's some regression because it's Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. They stacked the box maybe more, eight-man, 46, 46 bear type stitches. But otherwise, I still feel very confident that he's gone over this number. And just to be really in the weeds on this, the only year he didn't in the last four, he had 799 yards on the ground. He missed it by two yards. They call it a game of inches. So relying on the run game more. They still have A.J. Dillon to break it up. It's not like this is a bell cow back. But on that thought, I think he's going to get the volume. I, I think he's going to get the touches. And it's not a ridiculous number. Knowing that we had double digits in running backs, of guys that broke 1,000 yards last year, Aaron Jones, top 10 running back, in my opinion, going into this year, I got to take over eight and a, 800 yards and a hook. This one might be my favorite bet of all four. Justin Fields is sitting at six and a half rushing touchdowns. I just told you they had the number one rushing offense last year. Two touchdowns in 10 games started 2021, yes. Look at last year, okay? Eight rushing touchdowns clears that number. Easily 15 games started. Rushing attempts, though, more than doubled from year one. More than doubled from 72 to 160. That's a lot of attempts. On top of that, new backfield. Khalil Herbert, all right? And you have Deontay Foreman, believe it or not. So those two elements, to me, add more credence to this man running the rock and running it well. I think Justin Fields emulates a little of what Jalen Hurts did in that shotgun read option, kind of in the red zone. It could be me. It could be you, but it's pretty much going to be me situational kind of moments. And I like over six and a half. I think this is a guy that gets double digit rushing touchdowns. If there's alternates out there, you're starting to get two to one, three to one. Really, really like Justin Fields over six and a half. And last but not least, as much as I was dogging Jared Goff, you're getting a even money for him to throw 26 touchdowns. Had 29 last year, a 99.3 QBR. He is a very good game manager. Six full seasons in the league. Goff's gone over 25 and a half three times. You have to factor this in, and it's my main reason for taking him over. Jamal Williams, I mean, damn near 20 touchdowns. 
damn near 20 touchdowns. That's coming back down to earth. Not to mention Swift was a pretty, pretty productive touchdown machine as well in certain pockets, especially having a, a rotation backfield. I don't know how you don't take this. It's going to be more pressure on Goff to throw the ball. I don't see their running game being the same. And remember, they give up so many points. They have to, at some point, get in these shootouts to where Goff has to sling it. All momentum towards over 25 and a half passing touchdowns. As we bring in my guy Paul here for another Stump the Schwab moment, we're going to see what we round out today's show with my man, what do you got for me talking this fun segment out? Well, first off, Alex, I'm a little disappointed that you didn't wind up picking the Vikings there. I I understand. Well, look, you I understand going to the Bears. Hear but... me say, look, you did hear me say if I'm not going flyer and I'm going realistic, I'll go Vikings over Lions all day. I, I think that was a fair point. That That's true. You know, I have Kirk as the ninth best quarterback in the league, personally. I know I know what? you said you said not top 10, but... I, Look, I, the guy was amazing last season, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that for you. Did you know that he had the most interceptions of his career last year? I mean, that that's, a, that's something. That's not I nothing. did. I did. But watching every game last season, you could see that that was a five-win Viking team without Kirk Cousins. He was <laughs> consistently amazing. You said 8-0 and or uh, eight straight. Uh, I believe he had eight fourth-quarter comebacks or game-winning yeah, drives yeah. last season. So it was just uh, an amazing season for him. Um, but you know what? We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I, I'm fine with the Bears pick. Just a little disappointed person. No, I got you. I got you. So our list today, last week, we did the top 10 selling jerseys of June. Today, yeah. we're going to do ESPN, I guess, a while ago, ranked the hardest sports to play, the toughest sports that there are to play. And I want to see how you could do from one to 10 with three strikes again. Now, there's 10 criteria here. I'll read them out real quick. It's endurance, strength, power, speed, agility, flexibility, nerve, durability, hand-eye coordination, and analytic aptitude. So basically everything that goes into being an athlete. But wow. Let's see what you got for us. The top any, okay, so any sport, Olympic sports, any sport, rolling, whatever the hell that's called, the yep. rolling down the hill, any of those? Anything. Well, you can guess anything. I, I think the list is 60 sports here. I mean, I guess I'll start out three strikes. I guess I'll start out with some main ones here. I how is base baseball has to be a top. I mean, hitting a major major league pitching has to just that alone has to be top ten. I'm putting baseball. Is baseball in it? Baseball is number nine. Yes. Baseball and softball. Number nine. <laughs> I mean, you're you're right. Hitting a pitch has gotta be one of the toughest things you can do in sports. I mean, next to my next sport, which we talked about before, hockey goalie here. I mean, of of difficult things to do. I'm going to put hockey on this. You're skating and you're playing a sport. You're doing two things prolific at once. I got to put hockey in. Hockey top 10? Hockey number two. Yep. Oh, okay. I'm just going blues clue here. Is figure skating in lieu of that on this list? Figure skating. Figure skating comes in at 19. I think I think figure skating most difficult sport. Well, you got to remember all the criteria here. I'm looking right now. Figure skating, it has high. It's high, highly ranked in flexibility, highly ranked in, in power here, or, or somewhat moderately ranked in power. Uh, okay, but there's not okay. really too many other attributes to it. All right, I'll go. Uh, I'll go. I'll go some easy ones here in hopes I bail out a couple. I'll go basketball. Basketball in this top ten. 
basketball comes in at four. Yes. Okay. All right. Really, and- really high in the the endurance and um, what other categories here? Hand eye coordination, obviously. Yeah. So. Um, I'm going to go a little two for one special here and say football and football. I'm going to go American football in the top most, most, I think it is number one biggest sport next to cricket, believe it or not, in the world. I'm going to go soccer. It is crazy how high cricket, how how highly rated it it is. is. American football football comes in at three. So you got that. And then. Soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. I've been watching Ted Lasso. I have two episodes left. That comes in at 10. So you are still at one strike. So one strike, I'm five in. You are, you have hockey, you have football. I got the easy ones. Both baseball, basketball, and soccer. Yep. And I want figure skating, they'll go. Okay, now it's it's time to get in the weeds a little bit. I'm going to go, I'm going to say swimming here. Thinking about your criteria, if it's not top 10, it's got to be top 20. I'm going to put swimming on this list. Swimming comes in. Oh, boy. Hold on. I am swimming. It's 36. 36? Well, that's that's swimming water polo. Who the heck made this list? They have no idea what swimming distance swimming is 36, sprint swimming is 45. I am beside myself. Okay, so now I have one strike left here. I have now. Now I'm gonna go boxing. I don't know how boxing is not on this list. Boxing. I mean, I was gonna go MMA, but I'm gonna just say straight up traditional boxing here. Or, or is, we're, we're out. That is number one. Boxing is number one. All right. So right now you have boxing at one, hockey two, football three. You have baseball at nine and soccer at 10. And basketball four, right? And basketball four, yes. So you have one strike, left. three to go, four to go, four to go. One strike though. One strike. Do I get one lifeline? Can I phone? Can I phone you for one Ming yes. Clue, just so we can extend this for one, I could try to pick off one or two more. I'm really, I'm, I'm, I gotta be. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah. So you have you have five, six, seven, and eight left. Um, I got some sick ones crossing my head. Fencing, I don't have the heart to say a couple of these <laughs> that are, are crossing uh, my mind. I will say two of them are are in the boxing family. So, so, so MMA. Two- I mean, but is MMA a, a correct? Because I'm gonna say so- martial arts is six. So martial, I think like, okay, martial arts yeah. that counts. That counts. Okay, yep, so yep. martial arts. Okay, okay, okay. So you have that's six. You have five, seven, and eight left. There's one more in that family of martial arts, boxing, um, and then seven and eight. I'll say seven. I'd be stunned if you haven't played it. Um, and really? eight, and eight is an Olympic sport. I really want to put skateboarding on there um, as a do Southern California kid. Do, do not, I'm, do not say skateboarding. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. I'm just saying Seinfeld has a line about how skateboarders are always going to be okay because you got to get hurt, fall down to get the trick <laughs> right. So I, there's a great lesson in skateboarding. All right, so I've played it before without question, without question. I the swimming on the bottom of the list is, is making me sick here. I'm 
I got to be honest. I'm, I'm very confident you played. You know, I know you've bet it. I know you've bet it. <laughs> I'm pretty confident you've played it. Yeah, but we're, I mean, you're talking about uh, a guy that was betting, you know, KBO during the dog days of COVID. So, yeah, uh, I guess, I guess I'm you are racing league. home to watch darts and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I don't know about darts. I'm not that darts. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm finding I, I'm no, no Call of Duty betting for me uh, or darts. But okay, I'm, I'm running out of time here. We're bleeding the clock. I'm going to go, I'm just going to guess. A, I'm gonna go. I played it. I played it. Have you seen my frame in person, Paul? Five ten, buck seventy. No chance. I played any other sport here. You must have played this. I'd be stunned if you haven't. Like, growing up, or just played it in general? Yeah, casual. <laughs> I, I don't. I doubt you were on a team. I guess you weren't on the on the team. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna throw rugby in there. Is rugby Ooh, on the team? Rugby is thirteen. Ah, oh. so number five, number five was wrestling. That's oh. what I was thinking in that boxing MMA UFC. In, in all fairness, I was going to go karate, so I I I would have been wrong anyways. So so that's five, seven, tennis. I, I'm sure you played tennis. Oh man, I don't forget tennis. I was trying to sprinkle in a little Wimbledon betting hint there at the end. Uh, so seven was tennis. That was a great, great and eight. Try try and guess this one. It's an Olympic sport. Curling. Curling. <laughs> Curling. Real, in all seriousness, I'm gonna go archery. Archery is somewhere on the list, uh, but it's not in the top ten. It is gymnastics. Oh, uh, you know what? That crossed my mind earlier when I was thinking about fencing. I didn't know how to like. I didn't know if it was in, within gymnastics. Or certain, I didn't yeah, know you could, like an yes. event or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, gymnastics. Those guys are crazy when you're watching the Olympics. Wow. They're doing, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I can't. All right. I, that's a fun list. I got, I, I got better. Again, I'm off book on Jersey sale. Look, I had to throw a Jimmy G bad guess in there. Uh, I'd say the Jimmy G Jersey sale guess of this one was swimming. Um, <laughs> you know, but. Uh, no, but swimming. I mean, swimming, swimming, you know, you would think given the criteria, like. You know, you gotta have you gotta have speed, power, strength, endurance. <laughs> maybe, maybe not too much uh, hand-eye coordination, but <laughs> I guess True. a little bit. But it's not bad. It's not a terrible guess. Uh, I, I can't fault you on that. It's no Jimmy Garoppolo. It's no Jimmy Garoppolo. It's no Jimmy. G. Uh, all right. Well, unfortunately, we're not in lockstep on uh, this division. But to wrap it up here before we head out, I'm I'm on the Bears at over four to one to win the division. I think they can get nine wins and win it at nine and eight or ten and seven. But again, you know, they went winless in the division. They're gonna have to take care of those Vikings, Packers, and Lions in order to do that. I'll go Vikings second in the division. I think they are a nine and eight club, and I am off the Detroit Lions. I think they are under. Nine and a half wins. I think they're under 500 as well. And I'm going to wrap up last and least with the Green Bay Packers. But I do love those props. I mean, is that Justin Jefferson real quick? Paul, number disrespectful. He's clearing that with ease. Oh, 2,000 yards this year. 2,000. Let's go. Hey, for Paul, for Moneyline Monaco, we are out of here. And, of course, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review. Follow me on AMP where we are streaming now. We will see you next time, and don't forget to hug your mutts. The Volume.